If you have your Bibles, please open up with me a familiar place of Scripture, Matthew 5, 45 and 48. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Matthew 5, 45 and 48. The sermon that I would like to continue is called, Called to Perfection. We know that this promised commandment is the inheritance of all the saints of all generations, and this commandment of Christ is addressed specifically to his students. Therefore, people who do not acknowledge the power of the person sent by God over themselves have no part to this inheritance that is in this commandment and most likely will never be able to have it. The face that is chosen by the method of the majority vote is not able to be that authority that people can acknowledge because they themselves have chosen him. They lead him, not him, them. They do not follow him. He follows them. And they say that the voice of the nation is the voice of God to be uh, to justify the democratic uh, uh, form that's uh, structure that's in the church. It needs to be theocracy. Instead, as the body of a person is controlled by one head, every church needs to be controlled by one head, one person sent by God, and if there is a brotherly group or council uh, that is formed by the pastor. It's formed not to control him, but so that he can uh, control, take control, and uh, receive advice if needed. Relevant to fulfilling this required commandment, we stop to study the purpose of the righteousness of God in the heart of man, specifically the goals that the righteousness of God abiding within our heart is called to pursue, and in part we've been studying the purpose of the righteousness of God within our heart, received by us in the two broken tablets where we die by the law, for the law, God gave his body for us, Jesus gave his body for us, in the uh, tablets we died for the law by the law so we can live for the one that died and resurrected because in Jesus Christ in his death we die by the law for the law and by doing so receive we receive confirmation of our salvation in new tablets of the covenant in the format of the law of the spirit of life so that we provide God a basis to give us the promise to be heirs of peace, not by the past law, but by the righteousness of faith, like he gave it to Abraham and his seed. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith, Romans 4.13. We note that the righteousness of faith is determined by the obedience of our faith to the faith of God, which is presented in the preached word of God sent and the person who is a father from God to us. 
Therefore, the promise of the peace of God is given only to those men who are obedient to the order of God in accordance to which he sends us his word by the mouth of his delegated one. Therefore, the covenant of peace within the heart of man is the result of the obedience of his faith to the faith of God, which are the spoken words of God's delegated ones. Every time we talk about this, I remind us that God's faith is information that comes from hearing the preached word of God. Our faith is the unquestionable obedience to this word. And so God's faith is not in emotions or feelings. This is information. This is not something I feel, but something I know. Sometimes people sing, but I know in whom I believe. No one will separate me from Christ. They sing, but they don't meditate about what they uh, what they're saying and they're led by feelings and and because they're led by their feelings their song is then idle it, they say they know in whom they believe but they don't use the knowledge they have they say I feel the Lord has left me I feel the Lord is with me I absolutely never pay attention to what I feel I lead them I lead them with my knowledge that comes from information that I receive from the revelations of the Holy Spirit. And so it is necessary for us to apprehend well that it is only the collaboration of our spirit with our renewed mind, which is in Jesus Christ, that we are called to enthrone the resurrection of Christ in our bodies and clothe our bodies into the resurrection of Christ. Due to this, we stop to study the fourth question, by what signs do we need to examine ourselves, that we are the sons of peace as well as the sons of God. Because it is only by the rule of the peace of God within our heart that we are to examine ourselves on whether we are truly the sons of God or the sons of peace, as it is written. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers. Joyful are the peacemakers. This is a joy to be a peacemaker. It's not possible to perform peace if inside you don't have peace, uh, peace between you and God. People think they have peace, but they convince themselves. You need to examine yourself. If you have peace, then when I will speak to the per a person, I will have peace with this person. There will not be a reason for this person to be angry uh, against me. He, I will lead him to God's peace instead. I will tell him about how great it is to humble ourselves before situations in life that sometimes are not in our benefit and make it so that they do work in our benefit. And so when I accept these things, what happens? God gives the uh, grace to the humble because I can then receive grace. I do this. They speak of grace. They don't understand what grace is. They don't want to pay the price for it. If we receive a guarantee of grace, when we come to God, we're born from the seed of the word of truth. This is the work of grace, but this is the work of the guarantee. Grace is not yet ours. It is as a promise, as a guarantee, but it can only become ours 
when we have the righteousness of heart. It is by the righteousness that it is enthroned when it begins to rule in our heart. And this happens when we humble ourselves before God's will. It's important to understand this and behave accordingly. And so if a person has not died for his nation, for the house of his father, and for his fleshly life, then his justification that he received in salvation by faith in Christ Jesus in the format of a guarantee, according to grace, will never convert into the quality and format of righteousness, where he would receive the ability to be clothed into the inheritance of the peace of God in order to bear within his righteousness, the fruits of peace, which is why the crown of righteousness of such people will be taken from them, giving them the right to the promise of the peace of God, where they would be able to be called sons of God. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. Revelations 3.11. In a specific format, we've already looked at six signs by which we need to determine and examine ourselves as to whether we are the sons of peace as well as the sons of God and have been studying the seventh sign. And this is our ability to clothe our essence into the holy and selective love of God. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Colossians 3, 14, 15. The selective love of God means holy, not tolerant. When people say that God loves everyone, ask them the question, is God's love holy? They'll say, of course. Then say, if it's holy, how can he love everyone? A holy God can't love what is not holy. It's not possible. He can only love his own, his holy ones, his children. Then those that are not holy, he will not love. And so that's the essence of God's holy love. And we call it as in uh, an understandable way holy as selective he loves the one hates the other loves those who love him hates those who hate him the selective love of God presented by the Holy Spirit in Scripture in seven unearthly qualities by the preached word of the apostles and prophets is virtue and the elements of it, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love, 2 Peter 1, 2 through 8. In a specific format, these seven characteristics that together identify within our heart the goodness of God in the perfection of his selective love, we have already looked at five of those qualities and stopped to look at the sixth. And this is brotherly kindness. The selective love of God and brotherly kindness gives us the ability to pass from the state of, de state of death into the state of eternal life. We know, <clears throat> we don't feel, we know, we have information by which we can determine that we have passed from death to life. Why? Because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has his world's good 
goods and sees his brother in need, how do you put your life for your brethren? Whoever has his world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. 1 John 3, 14 through 18. These words spoke, were written by Apostle John after Apostle Paul was put to death when upon his shoulders was placed the responsibility of the saints and these were those that Apostle Paul carried responsibility for and so again he had Apostle Paul had then already went to heaven at this time when a person is born from God he is faced with a choice either to enter the state of death and become dead to God and useless for any good work or enter into the state of eternal life that until now he was not familiar with and become useful for all good work and demonstration of brotherly love Every person that is born from God is put in the same situation that Adam was put in, in the Garden of Eden, in whom it, to whom eternal life was offered, in the fruits of the tree of life, and eternal death in the fruits of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Being a person of the flesh, Adam was called to eat of the fruits of the tree of life, so that his carnal body would change into a heavenly body. Therefore, in order to eat of the fruits of the tree of life and change from being a carrier of life in the flesh to a carrier of the light of life of a different form, it is necessary by the means of demonstrating brotherly love in your faith to pass from the state of death into the state of life that would be able to become an atmosphere for the fortress of God. So he can lay his head down in our Eden and find rest. The burning power of the love of God agape revealing itself in brotherly love is concealed in the commandments that are implemented by God. In other words, in actions, not emotions, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. John 14, 15 through 17. And at that time, the apostles of Christ did not yet have the Holy Spirit. They were familiar with him out, outwardly, but not inwardly. And Jesus said, when I will be taken from the world, then I will send the Holy Spirit into you. Therefore, according to the given place of Scripture, to demonstrate the selective love of God in brotherly kindness, you need to fulfill two conditions. First, keeping the commandments of the Lord, which regulate our relationship with God by our relationship with our brothers in the faith, who are in the status of our neighbors, for whom we are called to lay down our life in order to pass from death to life. <clears throat> it's not possible to have a relationship with God without having a relationship with one another. God observes his relationship with him or your relationship with him as your relationship, as it, how it is with the brethren. When we do not behave according to emotions or whether you like or don't like someone, you... Uh, 
speak with him or have a relationship with this person based on God's word. Second, by receiving the Holy Spirit into your heart as the Lord and Master of your life in his power and his wisdom, abiding within the commandments of the Lord that are imprinted upon the tablets of our heart and revealing the essence of brotherly kindness in the holy love of God. The Holy Spirit can abide only when in your heart you have the commandments of God. He lives, he exists within the boundaries of God's commandments of God. And this is the includes the entire spectrum of God's commands. Therefore, the love of God agape by the means of the Thummim and Urim, Thummim the truth, Urim the Holy Spirit, abiding within our heart. This love of God agape by the means of the Thummim and Urim abiding within our heart reveals itself within the atmosphere of brotherly kindness, which governs with its power over the emotional storms of our human feelings by confessing the faith of God abiding within our heart. Confessing the faith of the heart controls our feelings as a good rider controls his disciplined, restrained horse. Oftentimes people confess not what's in their heart, but what's in scripture. It will never work. Of course, if you will confess what is in scripture so that you can receive it into your heart, then according to scripture, you need to first prepare the heart, cleanse it from dead works, be within God's structure, within God's order, and then proclaim it so that it can be put into the heart. And when it will be received into the heart, only then will you be able to confess it as the faith of your own heart. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. James 3, 2 through 4. Here it's talking about our mouth or the confessions of the faith of our heart. To not stumble in word when demonstrating brotherly love is to speak about your brothers not based on what you not basing what you say on uh, on the sight of your eyes or the hearing of your ears, but basing it on righteousness that is within the atmosphere of the commandments of God. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. <coughs> Here it's talking not about different spirits, but God's spirit that has the quality of wisdom, understanding, counsel, and might, knowledge, and fear of the Lord. His delight, when the Spirit of God will come upon you, His delight will be in the fear of the Lord, your delight will be in the fear of the Lord, and you shall not judge by the sight of your eyes, nor decide by the hearing of your ears, nor, but with righteousness you shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. You shall strike the earth with the rod of your mouth, and with the breath of his lips, your lips you shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of your loins, and faithfulness the belt of your waist. Isaiah 11, 1 through 5. According to this prophetic word, we conclude that one of the main reasons for brotherly kindness and, again, this is not just referring to uh, Jesus, but also our very brothers and sisters, 
One of the main reasons for brotherly kindness is defending your brothers from slander, spoken by the wicked and lawless that are until a specific time will remain amongst the saints. Relevant to this, it was necessary for us to answer four classical questions. By what signs do we determine that a person is our brother for whom we are called to lay down our lives so we can, de we can demonstrate in our faith brotherly love? Not all that go to church have the virtue and right to be called a brother. Apostle Paul, as we talked about, and we'll talk about this more, so that we distance ourselves from any brother who behaves disorderly. And so this is not just not love him or do, don't do good for him, but distance yourself from him, uh, do not communicate or have fellowship with them. What purpose is the selective love of God called to fulfill in our brotherly love for one another? What conditions do we need to fulfill in order to demonstrate within our faith the selective love of God in brotherly love? And by what results do we examine ourselves that we have brotherly love for one another within the selective love of God? We will keep in mind that we are not talking about brothers by flesh and blood, but about brothers or a brotherly love amongst the saints. As it is written, let brotherly love continue, Hebrews 13:1. We've noted that in the time of the law of Moses, as well as our time, which belongs to the law of grace, not all who call themselves brothers amongst the holy nation are according to scripture the seed of God or are brothers. If they are brother, they are God's seed. For they are not all Israel who are of Israel, nor are they all children, because they are of the seed of Abraham, but in Isaac your seed shall be called. That is not according to the flesh. Those are not the children of, of God, but the children of the promise are counted as the seed. Romans 9, 6-8, those who receive into the heart the promise of the Holy Spirit. The right to be called a brother for one another is something that includes all the saints in Christ, regardless of whether you are of the male or female gender. The scriptures call a brother in Christ, Jesus, your brother regardless of your age, your gender, all saints that have specific virtues. Because every time when we, by hearing the preached word, are being fertilized by the seed, we, without exception, men and women, fulfill the function of the female, which is why the scriptures call all of us the daughter of Zion or the bride of the Lamb, men and women. But every time when we, independent from whether we are male or female, confess with our mouth the faith of God, and we confess with our mouth, what does it mean to confess? The word is the seed. And when we confess this with our mouth, the faith that is in our heart, then all of us, without exception, fulfill the function of the male, which is why, due to this fact, the scriptures call all of us male, men and women a, a perfect man has, who has grown into full measure of growth in Christ. And so that's why often uh, they ask the question, what are all the promises for the brothers? Why are we not there? Because no one explained that in Jesus Christ there's no male or female gender and that both the sisters and brothers are included in that.
And so that's why brotherly love includes all the saints independent from our status, our age, and independent of whether we're male or female. There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise, Galatians 3, 28-29. In spirit, there's no male or female gender. Can you call angels, or can angels be female, or in the form of females? No, and the reason for that is the spirit does not have a male or female gender. It has the one and the other qualities. And so, is an angel a man or a woman? It's not a man or a woman. A brother asked me a question. He st stood up and said, Pastor, tell me, the Holy Spirit, is it as male or female? I said, the, the Holy Spirit is God that includes in himself both male and female qualities. They, God has both the uh, male and female qualities, God the Father, God the Son, and the, God the Holy Spirit, and he created man and woman in his likeness and image, and so that's why the male carries the image of God and the female carries the image of God. And so, God is not a man or a woman, he is God. And when we are in him, then there's no female or, or male gender, and angels also do not have a male or female gender. We see them as if they're men, when it says uh, a man as when they appeared, but in heaven they don't get married uh, and are not given in marriage, they're as the angels in heaven. The virtue that the scriptures ascribe a brother in Christ is the virtue of a neighbor. When the scripture talk about brotherly love, then it's talking about a love that we are called to demonstrate to our brother who has the virtue of a neighbor. And if our brother does not have this virtue of a neighbor, then you need to distance yourself from him. Sometimes you meet with a brother, but they are not neighbors, they are far from you and very strange to you, and you feel this with all the fibers of your being, and you think, so I still need to call him brother, and, and someone in church will say, now put your hand on the one next to you and pray, or turn to one another and tell him, I love you. And this ridiculous uh, and behavior uh, and a stranger that sits next to you that's very distant from, distant from you, you think, do I tell him I love him, even though I'm lying? But the person on the, uh, from the stage had told me to do this, and so it confuses the people. But we commend you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly, and not according to the tradition which he received from us. Second Thessalonians 3.6, we are not called to demonstrate love for a disorderly brother. Therefore, we need to provide comprehensive identification of who is able to be called and who is able to be our brother in Christ Jesus as our neighbor. But first, I want to remind us again of what God has done for us in order to lead us into the unsearchable inheritance of Christ, which we can only inherit by demonstrating brotherly love or brotherly kindness in our faith. Considering that brotherly kindness occupies its rights and obtains its legal status and its legitimacy when we comprehend the fact that we are in the status of spiritual infancy, 
that is attracted to various winds of doctrine by the cunning craftiness of deception of men, and we make the decision to leave the state of infancy. To leave the state of infancy is to acknowledge over yourself the authority of one person. An infant is not able to, spiritual infant is not able to acknowledge one person. They think this one said this, it seems correct. The other said something, it also seems correct. And they have a lot of so-called generals of God over them, although nowhere do scriptures call the saints generals. They call them apostles. An apostle is not a general. I remember when I had met with one, I, I at one moment point had met with a sister and he said, she said, oh, who do I see, a general of God? And I said, what kind of general am I for you? Uh, people, it's strange, they are convinced by others. Uh, you, know who, you know who wrote uh, generals of God in their, in their book? This is a homosexual person, and he wrote that he was in heaven, and he was a homosexual in heaven is what he says. And when it became evident that he truly was a homosexual, uh, all, and when the brothers all found out about this, they went all to wash their hands. So that they, uh, we need to understand that if the scriptures don't write this, but people people write this, people call these people this way, that doesn't mean we need to be. They say, who will give a thousand dollars? Raise your hand. If this is no longer a servant of God, but a servant of Satan, but you'll say it's not possible. It, it is possible. They'll just show themselves in certain things like this. You know, when you put poison, uh, you put it, people put it uh, so it's unnoticed. And one gram for a hundred liters of water is enough to kill a person. And all who will drink this water will be dying. Just a, a one gram of poison. And so one word, who will give a thousand dollars? And then these people, I met with one individual like this, the so-called general. He tells me, well, I hear that you preach tithes. I said, yes. And what is the problem? And he said, well, you walk upon the ledge. And I said, what ledge? Because they don't preach tithes. They just say, who gives more? They force money out of the people, although opening up, instead of opening up the human heart so, to, to God so, so that he could bring something for the Lord. And so to leave the state of infancy, as I said, is to acknowledge over yourself the authority of one person that is cloaked into the responsibility of a father from God by the means of a revelation in your heart and refuse the expanse of the internet as well as all evangelical events that are not under the authority of that person. Second, to leave the state of infancy is by being instructed in the faith, leave and reject your nation, the house of your father, and your corrupt desires of the soul that are cloaked into the garments of personal good work. 
Third, to leave the state of infancy is by being instructed in the faith imprint upon the tablets of your heart that is cleansed from dead works, the truth of the elementary teaching of Jesus Christ. Fourth, to leave the state of infancy is by being instructed in the faith, accept the Holy Spirit into your heart in the, sta in the status of the Lord and Master of your life. In a specific format, we already looked at the first three questions in the purpose of brotherly love or brotherly kindness and stopped to look at the fourth question. Question, by what results do we examine ourselves that we are that we have brotherly love one for one for the other within the selective love of God first result in demonstrating brotherly kindness in your faith is the act where we will drive out from within our midst the person that secretly accuses our neighbor. We will not accept bad information about our neighbor when they will be telling you, you did you know that she or he were do it, used to do this kinds of sins? We will remove this person from our fellowship. They were, they aren't anymore. But you also were... Uh, used to be and maybe in jealousy and anger and whatever it may be but you also had sins if I ascribe everything to you that you used to have then you will go to hell the second result in demonstrating brotherly kindness in your faith is the ability to increase more in brotherly kindness and aspire to lead a quiet life, mind your own business, work with your own hands so that you may walk properly toward those who are outside and that you may lack nothing. The third result in demonstrating brotherly kindness in your faith is the ability not to give place for the devil. Fourth sign... A result in demonstrating brotherly kindness in your faith is the ability to save yourself from the evil of the world by being able to be a seer. And fourth result in demonstrating brotherly kindness in your faith will be our righteousness that is examined by our behavior toward the stranger, the fatherless, and widow. Cursed is the one who perverts the justice to the stranger, the fatherless, and widow, and all people shall say amen. Deuteronomy 27.19 And so the judgment that was spoken upon the two mountains by the Israelite nation, your behavior toward the stranger, fatherless, and widow is our neighbor from whom our salvation depends. These three states stand uh, forms of status should be seen in one person. This is first our soul that is lost in the death of the Lord Jesus and reobtained in a new form in his resurrection. It becomes our neighbor for our spirit after it is reobtained in the resurrection of Christ. Second, this is a person as cloaked into the Holy Spirit that has the power of a father from God without whom we can inherit salvation or from whom our salvation depends. For all of the promises are in him, yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us, Apostle Paul writes because these people are called our soul in comparison to the spirit is our neighbor and in the church is the pastor, the apostle of the church. Third, this is the bride of the lamb. This is the chosen by God remnant that possesses similar state as you do. Every person possesses 
the state of a stranger, a fatherless and widow, specifically the state of the fatherless, the widow, and the stranger identifies our righteousness as well as our neighbor. And so we decide and we die for our nation, and because we die for our nation, we become strangers. The state of the widow, or for the fatherless, is that we died for our, the house of our father, which is why we become fatherless. The state of the widow is that we had died for the destructive desires of our soul or for the reigning sin within our body, which as the old person is was our husband, who rules within the body is our husband who we subject to, who we listen to, which is why we have become widows when we stopped obeying. We died for the uh, by the law for the law. And so these three uh, states are the fruits of righteousness, Methuselah, who drives away death from within our body, that within a person is the promise. Methuselah is the promise that belongs to the door of our hope. Having this promise is a guarantee that we will be raptured uh, at the coming of the Lord and meet the Lord in the air, because we become dead to sin and living for God. The coming will be at the rising of the sun. And so who shall seek to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. That is, will make it different. It will become a carrier of eternal life. I tell you, in that night, there will be two men in one bed. The one will be taken and the other will be left. All will depend on the state of the person. Do they have the state of a stranger, fatherless, and widow? They'll be taken. They don't have these uh, qualities. They will not be taken. Man or woman, it will be. Two women will be grinding together. The one will be taken. The other left. Two men will be in the field, the one will be taken, and the other left. And they answered and said to him, We're Lord. So he said to them, Wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Luke 17, 33-37. The eagles, as the angels of the Lord, will take part and will accompany those who will be raptured to meet the Lord in the air. They will not will carry them, they will accompany them because the one that uh, will be raptured will receive wings. Remember how Jesus was taken to heaven. Those who will be raptured will have the ability to uh, move uh, in the blink of an eye, the speed that they will have as with the speed of a thought in any direction. And so as soon as they will be given a revelation and they will see Christ upon the clouds, they will have the ability themselves to go there and the angels will accompany them when they go. 
the angels will identify those who will be raptured by the uh, aroma that will come from them, the deadness of reigning sin, which is the fragrance of Christ. To judge the stranger, fatherless, and widow is to do everything possible to uh, demonstrate virtue in your faith so that you can judge righteously or correctly. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Be attentive to what we read here, saying there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard men. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me for, from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard men, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said, he shall go, and shall God not avenge his own elect and cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Luke 18, 1 through 8. God tarries to fulfill the promises he has. He, he's waiting. And the reason for the waiting is so that a person can obtain faith. Because as soon as he comes and he does not find faith on earth, and the faith is wait that God will fulfill what he has said, not to drop your arms. How long will we proclaim and proclaim? But the pain continues. Illnesses are there. I say, Lord, thank you that in Jesus Christ you have healed me. You have taken my weaknesses and my illnesses, but the illness progresses and progresses. The scriptures say, if a judge that is unrighteous because this widow has not left him alone he fulfilled her request will God not protect his own who cry out to him day and night and it's written why he waits because he wants to see faith that they were persevering that they believe that if God had said that it already has happened and when it will happen in the body, this is God's, uh, God's uh, decision. He is the master of time. Do not give up. Do not lose the promises. Do not make your heart a cemetery of promises. Make your heart that it would be a treasury of the living promises, living hope of God, so the one who re uh, the reader would be able to easily read it. When the time of fulfilling the promises comes, and he will see, and there's a cemetery there, he won't be able to do anything. But when he sees faith, that you believe that it will happen, it will happen. Considering that the parable, this is a parable, the enemy is the person that wants the right to the inheritance that was uh, given to the widow by her deceased husband. The symbol of the enemy of the widow is the old person that lives within the body that wants this body as its own. 
possession to obtain your inheritance the adoption of your body by the redemption of christ is possible only in one way and that is by being instructed in the faith receive into your heart the promise that consists of the adoption of your body by the redemption of christ and the promise this promise is to be revealed in our heart as the fruit of righteousness and the bearing of methuselah who drives away death after the uh, birth of methuselah the old person is bound within our body and we are able to then consider ourselves dead to sin, living for God, proclaiming the not existent as existent. Because the fulfillment of time, or the finishing of time for the fulfillment of this promise, if God will find faith in fulfilling this promise within our heart, He'll, he'll find this faith that this promise will be fulfilled. He, in the blink of an eye, will change our body from a carnal body into a heavenly body. But in order to have the legitimate right to demonstrate our faith in virtue and just judgment for your neighbor, it's necessary to uh, circumcise your foreskin of the heart. And that means to make a covenant of blood, covenant of salt, and covenant of peace in the baptism of water, Holy Spirit, and fire. Therefore, circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be stiff-necked no longer for the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords the great God mighty and awesome who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe he administers justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the stranger giving him food and clothing to him food and clothing you know that clothing is justification food is uh, or bread is eternal life and so the bread that God gives the stranger the fatherless and the widow is being re is the uh, unification of yourself with the body of Christ when you take of the communion and the clothing that God gives to the widow the fatherless and, and stranger are the clo clothing of righteousness Deuteronomy 10 16 through 18 the bread that God gives Circumcision is a sign of the covenant that testifies of the fact that this person died for his nation, for the house of his father, and for the destructive des desires of his soul. If this has not happened, then his circumcision is no longer a circumcision, and his baptism loses its power. Circumcision is always also a seal of righteousness that is put upon a ready document of righteousness that means meditation about the hills and the state of your heart that abides in the inheritance that is not of this world. And so your heart being in this uh, inheritance that is not of, the, of this world is evidence of the fact that you're not of this world. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not input sin. Does this blessedness then come upon the circumcised only or upon the uncircumcised also? For we say that faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. How then was it accounted while he was circumcised or uncircumcised? Nor will, not while circumcised, nor, but while uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had while still uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all who 
those who believe, though they are uncircumcised, the righteousness might be imputed to them also, and the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of the faith, which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. And so again, we received righteousness before the circumcision, and then the seal is put upon the ready document. And the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of the faith which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Romans 4, 8 through 13. And so the heir of peace he needs to have a legal document, not just a document, but a also a seal. It needs to be confirmed with the seal. The document needs to be confirmed with the seal. And this seal is the covenant of peace within the heart of man. And so the born from God's spirit, the circumcision will be demonstrated in a broken spirit. In the body of a person, circumcision is the pure mouth that confesses the faith of God. In the soul of a person, circumcision will demonstrate itself in the worshipping of the prince at the threshold of the house of God having this circumcision and abiding in the three aspects of that that's going to be in of the three aspects of ourselves we will have the ability to judge then uh, justly you shall not pervert justice due to the stranger or the fatherless nor take the widow's garment as a pledge but you shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you from there therefore I commend you to do this thing when you reap your harvest in your field and forget a sheaf in the field you shall not go back to get it it shall be for the stranger the fatherless and the widow that the Lord your God may bless you in all the works of your hands when you beat your olive trees you shall not go over the bows again it shall be for the stranger fatherless and widow when you gather the grapes of your vineyard you shall not glean it afterwards it shall be for the stranger the fatherless and the widow and you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt therefore I command you to do this thing Deuteronomy 24, 17 through 22. The stranger in this, this situation is the new person living within our body as a stranger. Not to judge perversely is not to ascribe revelations that belong to our new person to your mind or the abilities of your mind and not use them to obtain materialistic things. I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary one to the other so that you do not do the things that you wish Galatians 5 16 17 the flesh will always try to take God's promises the promises of faith and make it its own and it will use what is given to the new person and not for him or try to use it. This is that soul that is not yet renewed. One that is fatherless is also our soul, but upon the condition that it has already died in the death of the Lord Jesus for the house of 
its father. As it is written, then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Matthew 8, 21, 22. This means that you no longer have parents, you are fatherless. They have passed away for you as they have rejected the truth. And now let those who bury them that have rejected the truth, you are fatherless, you have the virtue of one fatherless who di when you die for the house of your father. To not judge perversely is not to ascribe the virtue of the renewed or the mind renewed by the spirit of our mind to the abilities of or to the sinful life of our parents. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God, the widow is our soul that died in the death of the Lord Jesus for reigning sin in the body, that is the old person that lives in the body. Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So then if, while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law, so that she is no, law, no adulteress, <coughs> though she has married another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who has raised, who has raised from the dead that we would bear fruit to God. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passion which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to wit to what we were held by, so that we would serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Romans 7, 1 through 6. In the biblical times, when a person could not return his debt, then the person would take his clothing or garment instead until he returns his debt and the debtor would become then a servant to the one to the creditor. If, ever, if you ever take your neighbor's garments as a pledge, you shall return to him before the sun goes down, for that is his only covering, it is his garment for his skin. What will he sleep in? And it will be that when he cries to me, I will hear, for I am gracious. Exodus 22, 26-27. This symbol indicates our relationship in the body of Christ, where we are called to forgive one another before the setting of the sun, which gives God proper grounds then to forgive our sins. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And here I first want to say, to forgive children, parents, husband, wife, and afterwards one another before the setting of the sun. If we do this, then God will have the proper grounds to forgive our sins. 
For you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Matthew 6, 14, 15. We pray, Lord, forgive me my debts as we I also forgive my debtors. That's how he'll forgive you. And so, however painful it may be or hurtful, and it is especially hurtful when it is some, someone close to you, when you lay on your bed and you think about this and you comfort yourself saying and tell your wounded feelings, you will tell the feeling, if I follow after what you want, we will both perish to hell. But I pray in the Lord my father in the name of Jesus Christ I forgive my wife I forgive my husband I forgive my parents I forgive my children I forgive my neighbor my brother my sister I forgive them and then you say allow me to sleep quietly and heal my emotional wounds and fall asleep Fall, then fall asleep. In the situation that the Lord will come at night, He will then rapture you. This is very important. And so when a widow was not able to pay back her the debt of her dead husband, she could not. you could not take her garments and you cannot make her a servant or slave because of her dead husband. And so from the regular uh, man, you could take uh, the garments, but according to the law, you could not do that for the widow. This symbol indicates our relationship with God, where God does not account our sin, and the guilty one was our old person, because the husband was the old person of the widow. And she turned for help and wanted, uh, wanted protection from the creditor that wanted repayment from the sinful person that was her husband. But you died for him, and now you can't take garments from her. Even then, this was already put as a symbol in the law that God will not account or put our iniquity, the iniquity of our old person who lived in us. And so again, the symbol indicates our relationship with God where God does not account or put our sins and the guilty one of this was the old person upon the condition if we cast off of ourselves our old person with his deeds, that we consider ourselves dead to sin, living for God, proclaiming the non-existent as existent. If we possess circumcision of our foreskin of our heart, which is confirmed by the state of the stranger, fatherless, and widow, then this means that we demonstrate in our faith brotherly kindness and have passed from death to life. The sixth sign of demonstrating brotherly love or brotherly kindness in our faith is our righteousness and our demonstration of zeal for God. 
and the defense of our neighbor uh, from the deadly plague. They joined themselves also to Baal of Peor and ate sacrifices made to the dead. Thus they provoked him to anger with their deeds and the plague broke out among them. Then Phineas stood up and intervened and the plague was stopped and that was accounted to him for righteousness to all generation forevermore. Psalm 1, 06, 28 through 31. The Israelites had joined themselves to Baal of Peor and Phinehas, who stood up for his people and defended and protected them from the plague. This was accounted to him for righteousness and that allowed him to pass from death to life. Phinehas, the behavior of Phinehas in this situation. Now when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest saw it, he rose from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand and he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through, the man of Israel and the woman through her body. So the plague was stopped amongst the children of Israel and those who died in the plague were 24,000. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, he turned back my wrath from the children of Israel because he was zealous with my zeal among them so that I did not consume the children of Israel in my zeal therefore say behold I give to him my covenant of peace and it shall be to him and his descendants after him a covenant of an everlasting priesthood because he was zealous for his God now the name of the Israelite who was killed who was killed with the Midianite woman was Zimri the son of Salu a leader of a father's house amongst the Simeonites and the name of the Midianite Midianite woman who was killed with Kozbai, uh, the daughter of Zur. He was dead of the. He was head of the people of the father's house of Midian. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, "Harass the Midianites and attack them, for they harassed you with their schemes by which they seduced you in the matter of Peor and the matter of Kozbi, daughter of leader of the Midianites." Sanctification in this situation, all the heads of the nation and all those who cling to uh, Baal of Peor were to be killed or hung. They needed to completely separate themselves from the Midianites and attack them. Sanctification that does not have or include a complete separation from uh, the haters of God who have hated the truth and have left their church is just a counterfeit of sanctification. Today, worshiping Baal of Peor is a tolerant uh, behavior to idol worshiping that's worshiping of supernatural uh, miracles or signs and success. The fornicating work that they had done with the Midianites is that uh, you being attracted to various winds of doctrine. Zimri, the, he was one of the heads of the lines of, of Simeon. When they hung the, uh, the captains, uh, it's for the reason that the nation was uh, drawn to Baal Peor. Zimri was not amongst the nation at the time. He was amongst the enemy. And so Zimri's name, uh, the meaning of his name was my song. And the Midianite woman with whom he was, was Hazva, which means uh, deceiver. 
Now Israel remained in Acacia Grove and the people began to commit harlotry with the women of Moab. They invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. So Israel was joined to Baal of Peor and the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. Then the Lord said to Moses, take all the leaders of the people and hang the off the offenders before the Lord out in the sun that the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel. So Moses said to the judges of Israel, every one of you kill his men who were joined to Baal of Peor. And indeed, one of the children of Israel came and presented to his brethren a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Numbers 25, 1 through 6. If you can imagine the image that hap of what happened here, tw the 24,000 people who had died because of the plague the entire nation together with Moses stood at the door of the tabernacle of meeting and mourned and here in the side of Moses and the rest of the congregation one of the captains of the line of Simeon bring, comes to the Israelite people brings the Midianite woman and goes into his tent with her the Moabites and Midianites are the descendants of Lot that happened from incest the, uh, when their daughter had slept with their father and bore children and so the Mo uh, Moabites are a symbol of the people that were born from God and their soul is has uh, become uh, renewed in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so to pass us from death to life in order to erect within our body the stronghold of life, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I find it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turned the grace of God into lewdness and denied our only Lord Jesus and our Lord God, summing up this element and demonstrating our love and brotherly kindness, if we battle with the Midianites within our body and within our church, that means we have passed from the state of death into the state of life. And the final sign of demonstrating, this is not the only one, or only, there are not only seven, but I'm bringing forth just seven, sign of demonstrating brotherly love in your faith is are boundaries or lines that have been in pleasant places. O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Psalm 16, 5, 6. The lot is the atmosphere of brotherly love that reveals itself in the lot of of our wonderful inheritance in Jesus Christ. And this is given to us by God before the creation of the world so that he can find his rest in our lot. 
the lines of unpleasant places is, are the boundaries of the commandments of the Lord that are separating the territory and these things are upon the condition that the territory of the inherited lot that we are to obtain they uh, united together all of these uh, imperishable and precious promises of God that are received by us by the person that is cloaked into a father from God the territory of this inheritance will be our heart that abides within the atmosphere of brotherly kindness. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring issues of life. Put away with from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips afar from you. Let your heart... Your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil because the righteous is what God watches and the perverse is an abomination. According to this place of scripture that is addressed from a father to a son, we see the atmosphere of brotherly love within our heart that passes us from death to, uh, from the state of death into the state of life is the instruction of the Father who, the instruction of the Father that's in our heart because they are life for those who have found them it says the instruction of the Father is the atmosphere of brotherly love in order for the instruction of the Father to form the atmosphere of brotherly love within us we need to attend to the words of our Father and to incline our ear. An inclined ear to the words of the Father indicates a humble heart that is prepared to fulfill the words of the Father and indicates the good soil of the heart, where the words of the Father becomes the faith of the heart. It is necessary for the instruction of the Father not to depart from our eyes, because what we look upon transforms us into its image which is why the words of the Father that do not depart from our eyes and become the form of our mentality confirm the faith of our heart or make it strong. It is necessary so that the instruction of the Father that forms the atmosphere of brotherly love be kept within our heart. Keeping the words of our Father inside of our heart, we give God the proper grounds to fulfill them in the time he finds good. To fulfill these three conditions is possible upon one condition, and that is if we've left spiritual infancy that does not have a father and does not acknowledge a father because it is attracted by various winds of doctrine, being supported by, dis uh, by deception and deceivers. And circumcised ear is the seal of righteousness demonstrating a humble heart which has this atmosphere of brotherly love. According to this parable, to leave uh, the state of infancy is to fulfill three of these conditions. You need to cleanse your conscience from dead works, which we can see very well. You shall deny a dece deceiving mouth, and may your eyes look directly so that they may the commandments of God may be ever before before your eyes, before you do not turn away from God's commands to the right or to the left. And so when you come to worship in the house of God, 
prepare your heart to listen to the word, incline your ear. If a person's ear is not circumcised, he can't incline it. And an uncircumcised ear is also not able to perceive or accept God's word. Summing up this element, the atmosphere of brotherly love within our heart, we need to, in our relationship with one another, that flows within the boundaries of the commandments of God, to discover ourselves in the inheritance that gives us uh, fragrance or pleasantness, which means then that we possess in our heart the atmosphere of brotherly love and have passed from death to life. Let us bend our knees and pray. And we will thank God for the word that we were able to receive today. And if there's anyone that God has touched their heart, that showed them that their heart is does not have the state of one that is a stranger, fatherless, or widow, you can come up here and resist this reigning sin in your body and begin to proclaim the not existent as existent, receive justification, cleanse your conscience. You have all the means for this and all opportunity for this. The Holy Spirit is upon this place to help you to grow you to your to perfection that is in, like, in the likeness of our Heavenly Father. Amen. Let us pray. I'm going to be praying your prayer and I ask you to deeply believe that God is for you he is not against you he can in the blink of an eye fulfill his word if you open up your heart in order to confess your sins and to cast them into hell so that God can deliver you from the work of your corrupt feelings uh, close your eyes this is your secret room lift your hands this is that your hands are without doubt and without wrath heavenly father in the name of Jesus Christ I come to you I open up my heart you see my pain you see the wounds that are inflicted by sin I hate the destructive desires of my soul I hate sin in which I am entangled that has shackled me 
I ask you, destroy these shackles of sin, shackles of evil. Make me free. I love you. I love your righteousness. I accept, according to your word, the shed blood of your son, my forgiveness and my justification. And right now, before heaven and hell, I want to proclaim that according to your word, I am washed, I am cleansed, I am healed, I am restored, I am justified, and I am saved. Your sins are forgiven, and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. May he look upon you with his great face and show you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they won't touch you. May all of these blessings be upon you and your children and be fulfilled upon you, and the nation shall say, Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Every time when we worship God upon this holy place, every time God demonstrates his miracle, he does his miracle, he forgets our sins, casts them into hell, and we leave here clean, without sin, because the Lord is vigilant over his word, and it's not what we feel, but what we know. And this gives us the ability again and again to battle with sin. The righteous will fall seven times and rise again. The day will come when God will completely take control of your feeling and the sin that you are fighting and you will overcome it. Considering that our service is over, I will ask all of us to proclaim our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.